Welcome to the Veganuary Podcast, the podcast that helps you try a vegan diet. It's stuffed full of hints and tips for vegans and veg-curious people. Hi, Kim. Hi, Stu. What have we got coming up on today's episode? So today's episode is really exciting because we're going to be going through all of our tips for all the basics for starting your vegan journey. And on top of that, we are chatting to Lucy Watson and uh, learning all about her vegan journey as well. Yeah, it's a great interview we've done with Lucy Watson. So I'm really looking forward to listening back to that again. Um, And this is our first ever episode, which is very exciting. Uh, (laughs) We're going to start every episode for the foreseeable future with the question, what's the most vegan thing that's happened to you this week? And what's the least vegan thing that's happened to you this week? So shall I go first, Kim? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I think the most vegan thing that happened to me this week was that I cleaned homemade hummus off my ceiling. Because, as you know, I've got a little boy and he likes hummus, but... It has to be homemade because he won't eat <laughs> shop for. And he had the pot of it on his high chair and he threw it across the room and it fell on the floor and it like exploded and went everywhere. <laughs> I think I'm going to be finding hummus on my walls and ceiling for the next, you know, six months. Oh, I bet it went all crispy and gross as well. It's, yeah, it's pretty, can be pretty disgusting stuff <laughs> if you like leave it too long. <laughs> but that felt very vegan while I was cleaning it up I was like this is the most vegan thing that's ever happened to me and the least vegan thing that happened to me sadly was that I took my dog for a walk and he found the corpse of a dead squirrel and ate it whole oh no <laughs> um, which was oh. not nice no no well I'm, I'm not sure mine includes a dead squirrel this week um but I guess the most vegan thing that happened to me this week was I was having a bath um, and a spider appeared out of nowhere. Uh, I'm not too fond of them, as many people aren't. Uh, too many legs for me to feel comfortable with. Um, and I didn't want to move it and upset it because it was happy. So I waited until the bath went cold and it had moved. Oh, God. So <laughs> get out. <laughs> so that spider lived its uh, happy little life. Um, yeah, while I was just really cold in the bath. And then um, I guess the least <laughs> vegan thing that happened to me this week was I dreamt about cheese okay. <laughs> overnight. Yeah, I felt really guilty about it all day as well. Um, a few days ago, um, I felt like I'd like cheated on my vegan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it a specific kind of cheese? Uh, it was cheddar, but, you know. Just, just was. It's not even an exciting cheese, is it? Really, it was just a, a mild cheddar. But uh, yeah, that wasn't very vegan of me. So yeah, it's like dreaming about your ex. It's not good. <laughs> the cheese is more exciting, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, lovely. Okay, so now we've talked about cheese it's probably appropriate for us to talk about the basics of going vegan so Stu I think because you've been vegan the longest I'm probably going to ask you some questions and see if you've got some top tips for the listeners so what are your best tips for cooking vegan food for the first time oh okay well I think a really good tip is to just really think about the, the stuff that you already cook and you already 
love to cook and just think of ways that you can veganize it so stuff that's got meat in it like a curry or a stew or a bolognese you can just swap that meat out for um soya or tofu soya mm. mince or like another meat substitute um corn or another one that you might like you know have a look around see what works for you um and then, like, to advance that, once you've got used to cooking some of your favourite things and just making a few basic substitutes, um, you can learn, like, specific vegan recipes. So, um, like, making a, a white sauce or a cheese sauce with cashew nuts, it's, like, a bit more advanced. You have to get a few more, like, specialist ingredients, but actually it's really easy, especially if you've got a decent blender and then it's also worth remembering that like uh, stuff like cheese and cream and butter and so many of the staples that we use in cooking now have vegan substitutes that are just really easy to find in really big supermarkets so i think maybe cooking vegan is a lot less stressful than maybe it was five or ten years ago just because of the availability of vegan mm. ingredients Okay, so you've talked there a little bit about how to find um, vegan food in the supermarket or change your, your meals at home to become vegan. But how do you find good vegan food then in restaurants, say, if you're going out to eat? Yeah, well, I, I mean, a good place to start is to think about certain cuisines that are really vegan friendly. So like a lot of Asian cooking, Vietnamese, Thai, uh, Indian are all very vegan friendly because they use, they'll often have a vegetable uh, version of the dish or um, tofu. Um, Mexican is also a really good a good option for, for vegans and vegetarians. Um, so that's a good place to start if you already know like an Indian restaurant that you like, they've probably got a vegetarian and vegan, vegan option. Um, uh, then you can look at the Happy Cow app. We recommend this to everyone. It's a, a, an app which is free to download. It uses location data to show you uh, restaurants in your area that are vegan or vegetarian or have vegan options. It's all like community driven. So people upload, like if they've been to the res a restaurant and they've had a really good um, vegan meal, they'll, they'll say, oh, this is a great place to go. Um, so you can use your location data to find somewhere that's nearby. If you're traveling and you're thinking about it in advance, um, you can also stick in the location that you're traveling to and, and have a look there as well. Oh, lovely. And then check menus in advance. You know, most restaurants have their menus online now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see what is available. Don't be afraid to ring them up and just tell them you're coming, that you have certain requirements. Remember that people in restaurants ask for special um special dishes special changes to dishes all the time you aren't just being a weird fussy <laughs> vegan loads of people do this for loads of different reasons so it's absolutely fine to say can i have that without cheese they're not going to look down their nose at you they're just gonna they're a restaurant that's what they do so Stu, you covered off really well how to kind of cook at home what about when we're you know going out to eat so what really like I, I want to know your your real tips for convenient and snack foods and I don't want you to be like oh we all eat you know hummus and carrots and dip and no I want to know what your real go-to snack foods are and your best ideas for convenient food when I don't want to cook yeah I think there are loads of convenient foods that are what we call accidentally vegan so these are things that you just eat anyway that you would have never thought about being vegan that just happen to be vegan so um, stuff like tins of baked beans, uh, potato waffles, 
oven chips, um, mm. obviously not the healthiest things, a bit indulgent, but, um, you know, you can treat yourself from time to time. A lot of, like, pre-prepared soups can be vegan. Um, they can often also have sneaky, like, milk powder in them and things, so mm. do check the labels, but... Um, often in your supermarket, there'll be quite a range of flavours. So that, that there's usually one or two that are vegan amongst them. Um, a top tip that I love is uh, a lot of the, the larger supermarkets do like a make your own pizza uh, counter. So you get pizza base and they'll put some tomato sauce on it and you can put some vegetables on it. If you ask them not to give you any cheese, you can just go and buy some grated cheese, spread that on top, and it's like, what, 15 minutes in the in the oven? Um, and then if you want to do like a healthier option, uh, we did some research that found like the average vegan meal only takes about 14 minutes to prepare. It's about half the time that a non-vegan meal takes. So some really good examples of like some quick, really quick, healthier vegan meals is like a pasta with like a healthy tomato sauce fry and onion tin of tomatoes some vegetables in there if you like or a stir fry some straight to wok mm. noodles some veg some garlic some tahini um makes a really nice sauce um so yeah that's if you that's if you're cooking at home and like it's really useful to have a store cupboard full of these things and a freezer full of these things we never know when we're going to just need a day where we just need to slump on the sofa in front of Netflix and just can't be asked to cook. So it's always good to have these things handy, right? And then if, you, if you're if you out and about, well, like most of the supermarkets and the kind of uh, high street shops that will sell you sandwiches now will usually have one or two vegan options, which are pretty good. Um, places like Greg's now all have vegan options. The vegan sausage roll is amazing. Um, a lot of my omnivore friends prefer it to the non-vegan sausage roll. So there are usually really good options for out and about. But if you do get really stuck, I'd recommend just maybe having like uh, a few snacks handy in your pockets or something like a bag of nuts and some crackers. Because you can. there are some times where you just like suddenly get that hunger pang you just aren't near anywhere that's going to sell you vegan food or or they might stop vegan food and it's all sold out so yeah they're my yeah, those tips. are really good tips yeah i i like those um and i live by most of those so <laughs> <laughs> good to know so you were talking kind of about healthy and unhealthy and obviously people go vegan for lots of different reasons but one of them obviously is health yeah so what are the most common kind of physical changes people experience when they go vegan yeah i think it's worth saying right at the top that you're you're depending on what you ate before right you could be making a really drastic change to your diet if you were going if you're going from a fully omnivore diet to a vegan diet then you're really changing the way that you eat and anytime we make a drastic change to what we eat it's going to change our body you know there's going to be a, a transition period while our body adapts and um, for me it was like about a, a month maybe getting on for three months something like that kind of time stretch um so things you might experience in that time are like fluctuations to your weight a lot of people think that when they go vegan they'll lose weight lots of people do but it's also possible that you could gain a little bit of weight don't don't worry too much about that it, it will settle down probably as your body adapts um lots of people tell us that they experience a clearer can complexion clearer skin once they start eating vegan which is um a, a really you know really positive change that a lot of people see 
you might experience more hunger pangs because um, you're, uh, you're changing the kinds of proteins that you're eating. Um, so it is, I mean, I mentioned snacks earlier, it is always good if you're at work for the day, have some snacks in your drawer um, and don't be afraid to just, you know, suppress those hun hunger pangs with a hunger pangs with a few healthy snacks as you go. Um, probably the, the grossest one, but, but like one that I can't not mention is that you'll probably go to the toilet a bit more while your body adjusts. You'll probably poo a bit more often and mm. um, you're probably going to be taking in a lot more fibre. So you might poo a lot more often. You might fart a bit more often this is like totally normal and actually for some people it's like a real positive that you just feel like you're you're you have a more healthy healthily functioning bowel whatever um yeah, i loved it i was like yeah, yeah it's great <laughs> um yeah so yeah whenever you change your diet it is unusual for things to settle down i would say give it in the first month that's probably where you're going to be noticing the the most drastic changes um mm. but it could last up to about three months and then if you are really concerned about anything it's worth speaking then to a gp um or, or looking for for more um professional nutritional advice yeah, no, I have to say I probably ticked all of those off of the changes. You know, the at first you're like, oh yeah, I've lost a bit of weight, and then it came back, and I was horrified, and then you know it settled back down again to where I'm happy now. So yeah, absolutely, those As, are great tips. Especially if you're if you're doing veganuary in January, like most people do, there are so many food offers, so many new <laughs> products being released, all this amazing like junk food, and it like all turns your eye. So I think it's it. I think it's completely okay to say in this month where I'm trying vegan, I'm just gonna absolutely go for it and try everything that's, that there is to offer and then you can think about living in a bit more of a healthy and restrained way after that if you decide to continue yeah for perspective we set aside in my household an extra veganuary budget where we just buy all the new products that come out every january nice. <laughs> so, so we expect to yeah to put on a bit of weight but we love it um so well that, that leads me nicely on to talking about supermarket shopping um so what are your top tips for that? Because I know that, you know, starting out, trying veganuary, the first thing you're going to do is pop to the shops and, you know, line your cupboard with stuff to eat. So what what are your top tips for supermarket shopping as a vegan? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the kind of normal, the normal practices of like... Um, thinking about what you're going to eat for the week ahead, like planning some meals in advance, especially if, if you're not used to cooking vegan food, that could be really useful because if you're experienced in cooking a certain way, then you can just adapt to the ingredients you've got in the fridge or whatever. But um, if you're new to vegan cooking, it's good to think like, this is what I'm going to eat for the next seven days. And this is the ingredients I'm going to be going to be needing. Um, I would say don't like you don't actually need loads of really snazzy specialist ingredients for vegan cooking. It's like a bit of a it's a bit of a cliche to say that you need like pink Himalayan salt and uh, all these other things that might turn you right. Actually, I, personally, I don't use any of those like really fancy ingredients on a day to day basis. So um, I won't worry too much about those things. Um, don't be daunted by reading labels. Actually, most supermarkets are really tuned into the fact now that they've got vegan shoppers. shoppers. So most um, 
food has a nice like suitable for vegan vegans label on it um but if you want to check turn over the label what's really handy is that they have to put anything that's an allergen in bold and things like eggs and milk are allergens so it's usually quite easy to see the the non-vegan ingredients um <clears throat> And we've got loads of tips as well. Veganery has loads of tips for reading labels. Also some tips for like uh, what we've talked about already, accidentally vegan ingredients, um, which are always good to just seek out because you're already familiar with them and you don't need to worry about them. Um, while we're talking about labels, this may contain milk, may contain eggs. Um, that usually means that the product doesn't have those things as an ingredient it means that they've been made in the same factory as something that contains milk and something that contains eggs so it's to warn people against the possibility of cross-contamination most vegans that i speak to including myself don't worry about that we're not worried about cross-contamination we're just focused on making sure that the ingredients aren't aren't actually in the product so if it says may contain milk may contain eggs we would still consider that to be a vegan product um yeah and that's it and i one thing that i love about going vegan is like, it's like halves your time in the supermarket because you can just like skip by whole aisles you can just skip by the meat aisle skip by the cheese aisle and just go on uh, yeah. go on to the the aisles that you know are gonna have vegan food on them yeah, no, you're right about that. I used to be there hours and hours and now I haven't got that excuse anymore. So I have to be quick and come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, shopping was probably the, the hardest one for me um, when I went vegan because it can be really daunting. And I was vegetarian for a long time, but so I was kind of used to reading the labels. But even I found that that transition over quite difficult because I was looking for different symbols and slightly different um uh, ingredients and like you say the may contain through me a few times um so yeah definitely making sure that you're familiar with the different vegan logos is, a, is another good one um because as soon as you spot that you know um but i found that really challenging but i guess what did you find most challenging then when you went vegan i think the most challenging thing for me was the um Fear of being accused of being a hypocrite. <laughs> this, is it. this is something that Lucy Watson talks about in her interview, which is coming up in a minute. But this, I think for a long time, I probably thought that going vegan was a good idea for animals mm -hmm. and for the environment. But um, I, I, I sort of felt like, well, I, I'll never be able to, to do it 100% of the time. So I just didn't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Because, the, I, because there, there's always this worry about being caught out you know because i knew for instance like beer a lot of beer isn't vegan and i didn't really want to worry about my beer or my wine being vegan for instance like um I, and so i worried about about saying to people oh i'm a vegan and i'm saying well that beer you're drinking isn't vegan but actually i, I don't have a hang up about that now at all because i just think well i'm doing my absolute best like i think i'm doing a, a you know a, i'm making a, a much better impact for the planet and for animals than i ever was mm. um 
and that's a great thing. Mm. Yeah, I think that that fear of being called a hypocrite probably lives in all of us a little bit because we've all experienced that moment where we feel a bit caught out. Um, but we're all about, you know, progress, not perfection. And in my opinion, knowledge is power. So if someone tells me something isn't vegan that I didn't know wasn't vegan, then I know now and I can make a choice then based on that Um information so yeah lucy does does talk about it a little bit doesn't she and she's uh yeah got some great kind of um tips for people for dealing with that yeah absolutely so that seems like a good time to introduce um the interview that we did with lucy watson which we did a couple of weeks ago she was amazing wasn't she she? it was for me it was like being visited by a radiant angel (laughs) she like came onto our zoom call looking like glowing mm. and I thought next to her I, I looked a bit like a potato yeah. that you'd left in a cupboard for um, like several weeks and they grew like <laughs> sprouts or whatever anyway but yeah, yeah and she said she was really really good company mm. and she said some really interesting things so if you don't know Lucy Watson already um, she's probably best known for her time on Made in Chelsea which she was in for about four years um, and she's gone on to become a TV personality and a model as well as launching her own businesses uh, and doing a load of business collaborations and she went vegan towards the end of her time on Made in Chelsea in 2015 um, and she's been really outspoken on uh, vegan issues and animal rights most notably she fronted a campaign for PETA Um, and she's written two cookbooks which are called Feed Me Vegan and Feed Me Vegan for All Occasions Uh, and she's also written a book called Awakenings which is Lucy's Guide to Living a Vegan Lifestyle and she's also now a Veganuary Ambassador so we were um, thrilled to have her uh, and you can listen to her interview now Cool. Well, hi, Lucy. Thank you for joining us. Um, It's great to have you on the first episode of our podcast. And you are a Veganuary ambassador for us this year, which is really exciting. Um, We're going to go into lots of background about your vegan journey and some hints and tips for you. But we thought we'd start with a bit of an icebreaker. So Kim and I think that every vegan, when they uh, transition to vegan like gets some kind of weird food obsession or weird snack combination and we were wondering if you had one yeah so um firstly thank you for having me on it's, it's such a privilege to be the first the first one on your podcast um and yeah so I was talking to my husband about this today actually because I was thinking like what 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 weird snacks do I like I just don't think I don't I don't think I'm that weird like the weirdest thing that we could think of was seaweed which is obviously a very like non-weird snack but to some people who are not vegan I feel like they'd be like that's quite a like stereotypical vegan snack um so yeah love seaweed um you know it is just one of those things that you always like I think the stereotypical kind of perception of veganism is like oh they just eat like you know things like seaweed and tofu and all that kind of thing so yeah but then in terms of snacks that I love that are not weird my go-to snack is bananas chopped up into like chunks and then I have it with peanut butter and then um, like squares of dark chocolate that's my absolute favorite snack that I love 
Uh, well, that's that great because I am obsessed with peanut butter. I like yeah. pairing it with chocolate. I like pairing it with banana, but I've never done all three. So I'm going to have to try that. Oh, afterwards. really? You've never done all three? Yeah. Well, it is a real, like, delicious combo. I highly recommend it. It's so quick and easy to do as well if you just really want a snack. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, I've got cool. to know well, if it's let's... smooth or chunky, though. I have to say, I do love I smooth. Know. I do love smooth. smooth. <laughs> sorry is that like the wrong thing to say I don't know but I just I do no, it's just controversial <laughs> is it? I'm, I'm very controversial I, I think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Let, let's come on to your vegan journey so I know that you grew up on a working farm now you're a vegan and you use your platform um to really promote plant-based diets and, and you know be a voice for the animals so um what was the journey how did you get there um, so it was quite a long journey towards veganism. Um, I think I think it was one of those things where I, I actually wrote a book called Awakening. So I think it's a, it's a process of like waking up. And for me, it wasn't as quick as I would have liked because I think growing up on a working farm, although you would think you have access to more information than the average person, I feel like it was more normalized to me growing up. Um, and then, you know, just... I feel like back then it just wasn't even as talked about veganism. Mm -hmm. Um, And I decided to stop eating meat when I was six because I made the connection between the animals that were, you know, being raised on the farm and the food that I was eating on my plate. And I remember my family being quite shocked, but they were, you know, they were supportive. And to be honest, they didn't really have a choice (laughs) because I was very, very determined and still a very determined human. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to eat animals. Um, I did continue to eat fish for majority of my life. I just never really made the connection between fish as like, no, it sounds crazy, but as, as living beings, like I just didn't really believe that they had, you know, feelings, um, which I think a lot of people don't. And I went pescatarian after having a tragic sort of experience in a restaurant where it was just one of those restaurants where the lobsters all like displayed and they were really, really stacked upon each other. And they all were just looking out the glass into this huge restaurant with their little hands like tied up. And I was just like, oh my God, they're literally all just waiting to die. Like this is awful. And they'd watch as one would be taken and, you know, it was just awful. And I just remember thinking, God, I can't, I can't eat them. Like I can't eat them. And then, um, I went vegan nearly seven years ago now when I watched Cowspiracy. And weirdly, it took me that long in my life to make the connection between dairy being cruel. And Cowspiracy isn't even really about that. It's about like the, um, environmental aspect but it does show there's some scenes in a dairy farm and it was saying that like I think the cows when they when they've stopped they can't produce milk anymore they just get kind of like treated like trash and I remember watching it and thinking oh my god how have I not realized like how awful this industry is um and the same with eggs I think Peter was the uh, the charity who told me about the eggs because I was a little bit in denial about them too I think I was just like eggs like they're just so you know like it's they're not harmful like they're just natural um so yeah and then here I am today best decision I ever made right yeah it's really interesting because it's so 
uh, intuitive to know that if you're eating the flesh of an animal, then it, it must have been slaughtered, it must have died. Right? I know. But with, like, that, with eggs and dairy, that there is that bit more of cognitive dis- dissonance. I, yeah, there, I think it's with the, with the animals. But even still, I do think people, some people believe that they're just like put to sleep and it's like a natural process. Or maybe they don't die of old age or whatever it is. You know, I think there's still a lot of misconception around that. But I think for me, growing up on the farm, seeing the animals actually being taken out of their, you know, home and being literally carted off to a slaughterhouse, it was like, okay, this is awful. And, you know, they'd be weeks old. Um, But with the dairy and egg industry, I think it is definitely, it's just a little bit more hidden from society, isn't it? It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things, it's just not as obvious to everyone. Yeah. And you said your family were really supportive, which is great to hear. So do you remember like how you broke the news to them? How did you how did you first confront them about what about, about the meat dairy? or about about veganism? Any, any I, I suppose I'm really interested maybe the the, the meat when you, okay. you know, when you first made the switch is it, interesting. It's quite hard for me to remember because I was so young, but mm. I think I think I just said like I don't want to eat animals anymore. Like I think I was very upset very emotional and just kind of like in shock of my realization that what I was eating was actually an animal that had been alive. And I think I was just like really, really, really torn up about it. Um, and I think my parents, you know, probably just wanted me to stop crying. So they were just like, okay. Um, and I think my mom, my mom is super compassionate. She's really like, She's really an animal lover, although she wasn't veggie at the time. She loves animals. And I think she could totally understand where I was coming from. Whereas my dad, I think he was just kind of like, I think he could respect it. I don't think he could relate to it, but I think he could respect it and support it. Um, And, you know, sure, I probably stood out from the other kids at school at that age. And I think, you know, probably some of the other parents were a bit like, you know, she's a bit odd. But... It is what it is. And it's, you know, now I think if you were to be veggie at school, I think it's probably a lot more normal. But back then, I mean, I'm talking like I'm an ancient hundred year old, but like (laughs) a lot has changed in the last 20, 25 years, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm sure now it's a lot more normal. (laughs) It's so true. And yeah, because I went vegan maybe five years ago. And even in that time, I've really noticed that, that people it's you know, people are far more accepting and you know it's yeah. just you know vegans are they walk among us um yes uh but so when you went fully vegan do you remember being did do you remember anyone in your life being very challenging about it did anyone try and put you off did anyone try and uh, you know um when I went vegan, you, you shouldn't be yeah, yeah. um oh I remember I think my family at that point were a bit like okay this might be a little bit too far, you know, we get it, but like, this is, this is too much. Um, I think, you know, my boyfriend, my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at the time. I think his family were a bit like, you're going to be ill, you know, you're not, you're not going to be well. Um, but again, look, I think it depends on the individual, but because I'm so headstrong as a person and I'm so like, this is what I'm doing, you know, accept it. This is what's happening. I think that maybe people didn't really even want to kind of argue with me, but Definitely, you know, my followers, a lot of my followers were like, oh, you know, you're going to be like some weird, like vegan now. Bye. You know, and I think there was a lot of people that 
definitely left or unfollowed me because they were just kind of they just didn't understand it and they were just really like they just thought it was weird um but all in all it was pretty I I can't remember anything too negative I remember life being harder but I don't remember people you know people are always going to say stuff but I just think I didn't I didn't really let it bother me so yeah was there anything else that you remember being particularly challenging? Were there any particular foods that you struggled with? Yeah, I think it was challenging because I was on TV at the time. And I remember there was, we had this, this huge snack box on set. So we'd work all different kinds of hours. And in the snack box, it was just like, you know, biscuits, crisps, sweets, you know, protein bars, like all that kind of thing. And I remember just being like, you know, if you're on set and you're having to work through lunch hour or something, then you you rely on that on that kind of snack box. And I just remember thinking like, oh, my God, I can't eat any of this. <laughs> so, like, what am I going to eat? Um, but then I just became more organized and just brought stuff with me or I would just end up eating like fruit, um, stuff like that. I think, you know, sometimes when people would host me, it would be a bit tricky because they would have made something that they thought was vegan and they were like, yeah, we use this like lactose-free butter. And I'm like, that's not, that's yeah. not vegan. And I'd be like, oh, this is awkward. But, you know, and I think some people would kick up a fuss and be like, oh God, you know, I have to kick her a vegan meal. But I think now it's a lot different. Like I said to back then, people didn't really know what to make you. They'd be like, well, what can I cook for her? So. It's so interesting. I've been in positions like that where I've been working, you can't get away to get food and there's food provided. Yeah. And, there, it and then it's like, oh, it can be so eat. difficult. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, I, it's a lot better now. Anytime I'm on set anywhere or like on a shoot or something, like, I mean, the last shoot that I did, it was actually amazing. They they actually provided every, all the food was vegan for everyone. And I was like, oh, <laughs> everyone's vegan today like sorry but you know enjoy and you know all the snacks all the milk everything was was vegan so that was really nice and I think again just giving people a heads up and I, I think it's a lot more like especially in where we live in London and the UK I think it's a lot more like socially acceptable and people have to make the effort to provide those options whereas back then it was like well you're the weird one like you do you kind of thing like it's not our problem. Whereas now it's like, okay, we, we've got this, we've got this, we can we can provide something for you. So let's go. Right. And so that's what stuff we found challenging. Do you remember anything that you thought would be really hard to give up or, or, or any aspects of it that you thought would be hard that actually turned out to be really easy? Yeah. So I think going vegan, and I'm sure a lot of people who are veggie and then become vegan feel the same. I mean, I've never had, I haven't had meat for such a long time. So I can't even remember like really what it tastes like. Um, and I think giving up cheese was super challenging because you are, we are addicted to cheese as like humans are addicted. It's a very addictive food. Um, and but eggs, I, I, I relied on eggs a lot in my life. And I, I thought, God, this is gonna be so hard. But I, actually when I cut them out, I thought, oh, they're a bit gross. You know, I, when I stopped eating them, I was like, I can't believe I used to eat those. Like, yes, they're super easy. And I think that if you go anywhere for breakfast or any hotel, anything, probably 90% of the breakfast options will be eggs or egg related. Um, so yeah, they're super easy. I think people eat them out of these. But when you actually stop eating them, 
kind of yeah they're not they're not actually that young are they they're a bit gross <laughs> they are literally a chicken's I, period so yeah. when you think about that <laughs> it's a bit kind of like disgusting I had exactly the same experience with eggs. Yeah, mm. I used to eat loads of eggs, and now the idea of eating an egg, like the idea of eating a bacon sandwich, still to me, even though I wouldn't eat it, it is quite appealing. Is but it? the idea of yeah. eating an egg yeah. is kind of like, oh, yeah, oh egg. I'm not an egg. I know. And like, I always used to, when I would make eggs and crack the eggs into a bowl, you know, there's like that kind of like squiggly part that looks like it could be an like a an embryo or something i always used to yeah. cut that out because i always be like oh there's this little like chick inside my egg and even just that alone should have told me years ago like this is really gross you want it probably is a little like fetus so you are an, a veganuary ambassador for us in 2023 and um we're really pleased to have you and uh, you use your platform to be an advocate for the animals and for the environment and for plant-based diets in general. I suppose I'm just interested in that, you know, um, how did, how, you know, what was the decision-making process in which you thought, you know, I've got a platform and I can use it for good? And also, were you ever worried about how it could impact your career? Yeah, um, so I guess it's like, Obviously, I went vegan and my platform is me talking about myself. So then it just it just seems weird to not talk about it. You know, it's like I I'm, I know that there are people out there, athletes and things like that, who are vegan or follow a vegan diet and don't talk about it. And I get it because they don't want the judgment. They don't want the potential backlash or, you know, whatever it might do. And I, even before I was vegan, I was always talking about animal rights. You know, I did a, um, anti-fur campaign. Um, I've always talked about cruelty-free like beauty products. And this is like 10 years ago. And I think it just, it just became something else to talk about and something that was even more important in a way, because it's just such a huge issue um and I almost felt like it was my duty to talk about it because I felt like well, not only on behalf of the animals who don't have a voice so if you are a vegan or anyone who cares about animals like it's really it's almost like our responsibility to be their voice um so I take that really seriously but also I felt like there are so many people out here who probably do follow me who probably feel similarly to to me and loving animals and, you know, not wanting to cause harm to them and not really understanding that what they're doing is causing a huge amount of harm. So I felt like it was my duty to really just let people know this is what goes on. And, you know, yeah, it has affected my following. I think my following definitely went down. Um, and for a while it did affect my income because I was turning down work left, right and center um, and I still do turn work down, but I think now that things are growing in the vegan sector, there's more opportunities for me work-wise. And it just means that like, it's just, yeah, it's paying off in a way like people, you know, there are just more brands now that have vegan friendly products and want to work with me. Um, you know, people do say sometimes they're like, oh, you know, you've just gone vegan to kind of like profit off of it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's a time that I went vegan. There was just nothing. There was really just nothing around. Even, even plant milk was like not really a thing. So 
I did take a massive hit in my in my income and a massive hit in my following but um yeah I'm just very dedicated to it so it was just part and parcel do you mean you were turning down work because the the products that you were being asked to promote weren't, yeah. weren't vegan friendly? That's incredibly admirable. That's amazing. Yeah. I really would ever like hate to be a hypocrite and I would hate to be, it just also loses all like, it just means that, that I'm not genuine as a person. Like, I just think if I'm going to say and preach about this and talk about this and be vegan, do it properly and that doesn't mean if there's like a huge amount of money coming my way for a non-vegan thing, I'm going to turn my eye. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Right. Um, what you said about how your, your platform is being you, uh, made me think about there's a kind of expectation now that people, especially people who have large social media platforms will speak out on certain things on LGBT Mm -hmm. rights, on race issues. It's interesting that there's not the same level of expectations on animal I rights, I, I guess, in the environment. Yeah, there definitely is. And oh, I don't understand why that is. I think it might be because once you start, again, it's it's like what I just said, once you start talking about animal rights, you're opening up a huge opportunity for yourself to be a hypocrite because there are so many things that involve animals in life you know whether it's clothing whether it's you know beauty products skincare food um everything basically like it's crazy how many products in the world involve animal products so i think people just think yeah not going to touch that one you know it's just Mm. and it's I do think it is easier to stand up for um issues to do with race and to do with um you know human rights because I think humans care more about humans than they do about animals um and what they don't understand is that it's all intertwined everything is intertwined you know animals are connected to us to the environment and we're all connected to each other and i think a lot of people don't realize that that's great could you i i wondered if we could i could drill down a little bit more on your relationship with veganuary so do you remember when you first heard about veganuary um you know uh yeah, what what your experience of of seeing veganuary is, yeah. um, and and what you know, why did you want to be a veganuary ambassador? Yeah, so I think it came out maybe a year or so after I went vegan. Was it how long has it been? Is it five years? This, we're gonna no, we're gonna be ten years old oh, this really? year. But it was re- oh. I would say it was really twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen that it kind of it um, took off. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so maybe. I didn't hear about it before, but I sort of started hearing about it shortly after I went vegan, probably because I was vegan. That's probably why I heard about it. Um, But I think I just, when I first saw it, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Like a whole month to dedicate to people being plant-based. And like humans are quite funny. They really do love (laughs) to do things for a month. Like they love these little challenges. And it's like, oh my God, well, actually... I'm going to do dry jan or I'm going to do the veganuary or I'm going to do like, I don't know what's in November, like all these things, like people love it. And I think, um, not only that, the actual information that veganuary provides for people, because one of the main problems or main hurdles that there is with going vegan is that it's 
it can just be a bit overwhelming. And it's almost like you kind of need someone to hold your hand and be like, look, you can do this, you can do this, you can eat that, you can eat this, but you can't eat any of these things. You've got to take that out of your fridge. You know, you kind of need that. And I think with people having this access to this guide and just this huge information, um, huge amount of information, I think it just helps people to figure out what they're doing, how they're going to do it and how they can, you know, what they can eat, where they can eat, all these kind of things. So anything that's kind of like supporting people going vegan, I support. So I'm really happy to be an ambassador because it just hopefully will spread the message a little bit more. Love it. Yeah, that, I mean, that is what it's all about. It's yeah. about making it as simple as possible. For people. Exactly. And, you know, we try to think that we're like a bit of a personal mentor for people. That would also yeah, be I think so. I think, I think, you know, people can't, you know, I've said they're selfish because that is just naturally an innate, like, characteristic of humans. But I think that they're also, you know, lazy. Like, people just want it to be easy. And yeah. the easier mm-hmm. it is, the more likely people are to actually do it. Absolutely. Um... Well, let's talk about uh, one aspect of laziness is not cooking for yourself. But I do know that you really enjoy cooking. And I've heard you say on other podcasts that that was one thing that really you felt helped you in transitioning because you yeah. you know you, you knew your way around mm-hmm. a, cook, a kitchen sorry mm-hmm. and I know that you've written cookbooks yeah. so I'd love to talk about cooking it, it's often one of the biggest challenges that people have I think mm-hmm. is just figuring out what they're going to make for themselves yeah so do you have any like recommendations of really simple dishes or some favorite foods that you like to cook um, that would be great for like someone new to veganism. Yeah, so I will slightly correct you because I actually wasn't a fan of cooking before I went vegan. Oh, um, apologies. And no, no, it's fine because it would probably appear that way. But I think by going vegan at, at the time that I did and there not being much out there, I'm such a foodie that I was like, I'm going to have to make my own food and I'm going to have to learn how to cook and learn how to create things that I want to eat because otherwise I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to miss out on everything that I want. Whereas now it's like the supermarkets have, you know, the ready meals and delivery and like all this kind of thing. Um, But I think my advice would be to people um, that think about what you love to eat as a non-vegan and then just create the vegan versions of that and start there because I think you can get a little bit overwhelmed if you sort of throw yourself in the deep end and you're like, you know, what can I eat? I'll just go and eat some like tofu noodles or something. And you've never had tofu before and it's not even really something that you normally enjoy, then you might just be quite put off by it. Whereas when I went vegan, I was like, okay, well, what do I love? I love Italian food. So I'm going to start making all these kind of different pasta dishes that are vegan. And that helped me to enjoy it and helped me to really just like, get stuck in. Um, and yeah, I think that's what it is. I think you don't need to change the way that you eat that much. I think you just need to tweak it and you can still eat all the things that you love. You've just got to change the ingredients that you're using. It's really interesting that you say that actually, because I think lots of people go into, um, changing their diet thinking, Oh, I'm not a really good chef. So I'm not going to know, you know, what to do. And, you know, I can barely cook as it is now. So I don't want to kind of, um, mix it up a bit too much. So it's really interesting to to hear you say that you really weren't that much of a cook beforehand. And I think that gives lots of people lots of hope that now you've got, you know, your cookbooks and yeah. I would get, and this is disgusting, but I would get delivery or delivery services sometimes three times a day. 
as in breakfast, lunch, dinner. And it was really unhealthy. I was really unhealthy. You know, I was eating really badly and I couldn't do that anymore because there wasn't anything for me to order. So it probably helped my my bank account, if anything. Um, (laughs) But then I think when it came to like, yeah, eating vegan food, it just, cooking was the only way, like I said, it was the only way for me to eat delicious things. So I just learned how to do it. And it's actually really enjoyable because it's challenging. Um, But, you know, to put hard work into something and then you be able to enjoy the results of that, it's, cooking is really enjoyable for that. But no one needs to worry about that now because there are so many like options. So if you don't want to cook, try it. But if you don't want to cook, you don't necessarily have to. You can just buy like the ready-made meals if that's what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I suppose one thing I would I would say is that often cooking for yourself is the, is yeah. the healthiest way and it can be better for your budget as well. Like that's one thing yeah. that we say to people. But also, like you said just before we we got to this question people are inherently lazy and I think sometimes there's pressure on people on new vegans to feel like that um you know there's a little bit of an argument now about we shouldn't be eating so much processed food and so much vegan food is processed I think people especially when they first transition to being vegan should be forgiving on themselves for eating you know ready meals and stuff because you're still learning definitely and if you're someone who eats a lot of ready meals anyway and this is what people this is what baffles me about a lot of people they'll be like oh you know you know veganism is so healthy and all this kind of stuff and it's like well it doesn't have to be, you know, if you're not eating a healthy diet and your health isn't important to you and the reason that you're going vegan is because you want to, you know, help animals, help the environment, then you don't have to necessarily become healthy because you're being vegan. You can eat unhealthy vegan food. Um, but I think it does end up being a benefit of, eat, of going vegan so that you do end up eating a lot more vegetables, a lot more fruit, a lot more whole foods. Um, and like you said, people always ask, how do I do this on a budget? How do I do this? I don't, you know, I don't have... Um, I can't afford all the, the meat replacements or whatever. And cooking at home is the easiest way. Like some of the you know, most basic foods are vegan. I'd love to give you an opportunity right now to plug a few things. It okay. feels like a appropriate moment. Oh, I, I do, and then some things you want to mention, because I know you've got your cookbooks and etc. Do, do you feel uncomfortable? I hate <laughs> plugging. I hate plugging. I'm not good at it. Um, but I, I do. I could... <laughs> I could tee you up in a more natural okay. way if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, so this seems like a good opportunity to mention your cookbooks. How many cookbooks have you got now, Lucy? Um, so I've got two cookbooks and then I've got a third vegan book, which is like a vegan lifestyle book, but it also has recipes in there as well, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I've checked out one. I had to look the other day because I knew I was going to talk to you. I thought it was yeah. really, really great. I thought it was great for people that yeah, would, would be new to, to, um, to eating vegan. Yeah. That's why I did it. That's literally why I created it because I just, I, I was struggling. And a lot of the books at the time, and uh, this is, like I said, nearly seven years ago, were very health conscious books. They were books for vegan people or people who are aspiring to be vegan for health reasons. And they were super healthy. And like I said, I wasn't healthy at the time and I just wanted to eat the things I loved. And I wanted to create a book that, you know, people could find those staple meals like spaghetti bolognese or lasagna or like, I don't know, just Mm. pancakes or like anything that you just like comfort food that you love and you want to make it vegan. Um, So yeah, that's kind of why I did it. And then, yeah, continued. So 
thinking of helping people, helping people through recipes, but also helping people with advice. I just wondered if you had like one piece of advice that you would give to someone that's brand new to eating vegan and plant-based. Yeah, Um, I do have one piece of advice and this is something that I tell people all the time on my social media platforms because a lot of people say, I want to go vegan or I've gone vegan and I'm struggling. And I think what's really important when you go into it is to find your why. Why are you going vegan? What is the reason behind it? And once you have that reason and you have that motivation, you need to just like keep adding to it. Don't just stop there and then just go into it and just forget everything because you will just get a little bit sidetracked. It's only natural. I think you've got to like, you know, keep that motivation as the core of why you're doing it and um, find the resources, whether the resources may be on social media, you know, you're following lots of vegan accounts. If it's for animal rights, you might want to follow some of the animal charities that are doing a lot of work for animals or, you know, slaughterhouse footage and stuff like that. Um, or for health reasons, you might want to follow some of the really amazing, like vegan food bloggers who are creating delicious recipes, or you might want to follow, um, environmental platforms. Um, you might want to start reading. There's so many amazing books that you can read and you can be reading these consistently. Um, or you could watch documentaries or films and, um, listen to podcasts. Like there's so many things that you can do that will help motivate you through the, through your journey. And without that motivation, I think it would be very easy to get sidetracked because it's not a very vegan world. And when you start forgetting why you're doing something, you can also start to stop doing it. So yeah, that's my kind of main main advice, I think. I love that, yeah. It made me think, I mean, my big reason why, first of all, was the environment. And then since yeah. that, my, reason, my reasons why I've diversified so much, I'm so much more interested in the animal yeah. welfare aspects mm. than I, I ever would have imagined I could be. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure you probably follow accounts that are related to that kind of thing or read books about exactly, it. and. yeah you're 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 kind of motivating yourself and you're actually you're kind of increasing your why because you're finding other reasons to do it so that's you know that's amazing cool we're we're getting to the end now so we're gonna ask the silly questions so um i'd love to know about some (laughs) like a really ridiculous thing that someone's ever said to you about veganism or eating plant-based um I think that's the pretty obvious ones. I think someone, what was something that someone once said to me? Oh, someone once asked me, okay, so like, if you're vegan, then I guess you won't breastfeed your like children in the future. And I was like, I kind of get it. I kind of get why you're saying this. I mean, I could obviously, I've, I've had all the kind of like, you know, well, lions have canines. So like, why are we why don't we eat like them and all this kind of thing. I've had all those kind of stupid ones, but I think, you know, that, that one did stand out to me when I was thinking about it just now, because I was thinking, God, like our milk is created for our humans, like other animals milk is created for their babies. And da, 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 da. I don't know. That was quite a funny one to me, but maybe it's quite a valid question. I don't know. Well, Kim and I are both, <laughs> parents of toddlers so i mean I, I think kim's experience will be very different 
to mind for obvious reasons but for for me I, I felt the opposite it made me have a stronger feeling of why I felt like we should be vegan because I understood the relationship between breast milk and a child more yeah yeah a lot of my mum friends have said that they after breastfeeding their child or after kind of being part of their experience they felt weird about drinking cow's milk mm. afterwards and they couldn't really un- explain it. And, you know, I talked to them a little bit about veganism at that point, but yeah, it's really interesting how that kind of personal experience does, does change their viewpoint and puts it into perspective as to kind of what it's there for. So exactly. yeah, I, I understand the question, yeah. but I understand the question yeah. as well, but I just kind of thought it just shows how little people really understand about certain things. And I wouldn't ever want to mock any question, to be honest, Mm. because I don't think that's the right way to go about this. I think, you know, you don't learn about things unless you ask questions. So I actually like respect and appreciate when people ask me questions, even if they are a bit stupid to me. But I do think that 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 shows there's some kind of like intrigue there. And that's probably a good way Mm. to start. So... Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, I think anything that's an opportunity to talk to people, uh, especially yeah. if if it sounds like they're going to be open mm. to a discussion rather than just trying to yeah. have an argument with you is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, our last question really is, is, is there anything, because you're vegan, are there any kind of assumptions people make about you that, that couldn't be more wrong? <laughs> um... What assumptions would people make about me? A lot of them are probably true, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Um, You're a living (laughs) vegan cliche. Yeah, probably. Like, they probably think, oh, gosh, she probably lives with a load of animals in her house. They probably all sleep in her bed. Like, well, yeah. How many many animals do you have in your house? Um, Yeah, I've got two dogs and a cat. Um, The dogs are literally like, well, they're all like our children, but the cat's a little bit more like, he's a little bit more independent from us. Um, But the dogs do sleep (laughs) in our bed. Um, I think probably one of the biggest misconceptions is. Well, firstly, that you have to be rich to do this, which I think sometimes can hurt my standpoint from being a vegan sort of activist or talking about veganism, because I do, I am lucky to have money and, you know, I'm very aware of that. And I'm not saying I'm like the richest person in the world, but I'm just saying I know I have more money than the average person. So I feel like sometimes people think, oh, well, you're just vegan because you've got money and you can afford it. So that kind of upsets me because I think it's a really, it's a very wrong misconception. There are so many people out there who are not well off and don't have money and are doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, some of the some of the cheapest foods are are vegan. Um, but I think one of the main misconceptions is that I'm super super healthy all the time, and I definitely think I am healthier than I was you know, before I did this. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not the healthiest person. Like I literally today I was out and I was going past a Krispy Kreme stand and I saw they had a new flavor there that was vegan. And I was like, I can't not do this. I have to get it. And, um, I think people probably think that I just, I'm really healthy and I, I eat like smoothies and salads and things, but I do love to indulge in some of the vegan junk food as well. That's so funny because I like, 
if ever I see a bit of vegan cake, I'm like, well, you can't get vegan cake anywhere, so I've got to have these. But now, you, but now you pretty much can get vegan cake everywhere, so it's just like wherever I go. I know that's exactly my thinking. My husband's a bit more controlled than I am, and he's like, well, like you don't need to get it, and I'm like, yes, I do. I have to also support this choice of theirs to provide a vegan option. You know, I have to show them that there's people out there that want to buy this. So, yeah, I do eat. Um, I do kind of eat what I want. So, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, Lucy, that was so good. Thank you for joining us. Is there a, let's just mention a few ways that people can follow <laughs> you and learn a bit more about you. Uh, yeah, sure. go ahead. Um, again, I hate playing <laughs> But um, I, I have, I, I don't, I'm not that active on Twitter. I'm just going to say that now, but I do have it. And I do sometimes, I do sometimes have an outburst. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, then you can follow me on there. Tw- I'm Twi- I'm Lucy Watson. Sorry, say um, it again. Say your Twitter again. Apologies. I'm Lucy Watson, I think it is. Maybe it's Lucy Watson. I can't remember. It's between the two. It's my name. I, I'm um, thinking Twitter might not even exist by the time <laughs> this podcast goes out anyway. I know, like... <laughs> I know. I feel like it's such an ancient like dinosaur for saying that, but honestly, I do actually think it's uh, it is a good way to use your voice sometimes, like because it's words. Um, and I'm a, a massive vegan activist on that one, and then um, and feminist, <laughs> and then um, my Instagram. It's probably a little bit more gentle with the vegan stuff. Um, that's Lucy Watson, just my name. And then I've started doing TikTok recently, which has been hard, but I've started doing it. And one of my favorite things to do on that is I do a live like once a week where I do my makeup and I just talk about all my favorite vegan and cruelty-free makeup products live with people. And it's it's the most amazing little community. Like I think people are so like interested and it's such an easy, easy way to make a difference by having vegan or cruelty-free makeup because there are so many brands. Um so yeah, those those are kind of like my main three, I think. And it's just my name for all of them. Brilliant. So. Lucy, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. So, Kim, that was Lucy Watson. What what were your feelings? Oh, that was amazing. I really loved hearing it from a, kind of another perspective because I've been so uh, involved with Veganuary like, for so many years, you know, even as an outsider before I worked here. That it's really nice to hear that she kind of really appreciates our message and you know all the tips and tricks that she's got for people um yeah it was really nice to hear hear from lucy and i thought that she was great and gave some really good advice to all the listeners and yeah she was yeah fab yeah i think you might have a certain preconception about what a reality tv star might be like <laughs> or you know a social media influencer and she wasn't any of those things i thought she was so thoughtful in the things she said um I thought when she talked, uh, when she said, my platform is being me, and so it seems really natural to talk about veganism, I I thought that was really, really kind of honest and straightforward. And um, she said something which I really liked, which was about hypocrisy and about how the fear of hypocrisy can sometimes stop you doing things and I think that can be actually one of the biggest challenges when you're thinking about transitioning to vegan is feeling like you have to get everything right 100% of the time be absolutely perfect Uh, uh, for me something that's been really important is to just kind of embrace the fact that there are going to be moments where you will have to 
be hypocritical in some way because we don't live in a mm. vegan world. And I, I thought she um, she vocalised that really, really well. Yeah, well, it's all about progress and not perfection, isn't it? And I think once you take this um, notion of being perfect all the time away, you don't run that risk of feeling caught out by anything anymore because you go, oh, okay, you know, this this might not be a perfect scenario, but I'm going to do what I can in this situation. So, yeah, you're right. That, that conversation about hypocrisy was so kind of uh, eye-opening because she I didn't I hadn't really thought that you know on her platform but there'd be people trying to kind of point her out as a as a hypocrite and that might be a barrier to entry for lots of people um but you know you know here at Veganery we're more more about the progress and less about perfectionism just you know one step at a time before we go Stu, I am going to put you on the spot here and I'm going to ask you some quick fire, like silly questions that vegans get asked a lot, uh, that yeah. anyone listening to this has probably been asked or probably will be asked. Uh, so do you vegans just eat salad all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, y- yes and no. So I, <laughs> I literally have a salad every day because I am a big vegan boffin and (laughs) um uh but no you don't i mean really you can eat beyond obviously you can't eat meat and dairy as a vegan but really you can eat anything else so like you can eat chips you can eat vegan burgers you can eat uh pizza um now in 2023 there really aren't that many limitations on what you can eat as a vegan so you absolutely can eat a salad like me every day if you want to and i think that's one of the best ways to make sure you tick off all your nutritional needs actually to have a salad with everything you need in it but you absolutely don't have to do that if you don't want to you can eat anything you want okay so leading on from that why do vegans eat food that looks like meat if you don't want to eat it uh, interesting. Well, I mean, most I think most vegans weren't always vegan. I I didn't go vegan until I was thirty, and so um, I would never say that I don't like the taste of meat. I kind of sometimes I kind of miss meat, honestly. Like I, I won't lie about it. Um, but I, I just don't want to eat it. Uh, um, so so if I can still get the same taste and texture of meat without having to kill mm. an animal. Uh, that's great for me like so I'm I'm really really happy to be able to do that um you know you come across people who are like puritans and think you should only eat vegetable whole foods and that's great if you can live like that like but but for me I you know sometimes I just want to be able to put like vegan corn in my curry and get the kind of same kind of feeling of nostalgia and familiarity from a food that I always used to and I think as well for people who are brand new to be eating vegan it, it helps if they can just eat the things that they know rather than feeling like they have to learn a whole new palette of foods to cook and to eat so if you can just substitute what you ate before um, with a, a meat substitute then that is just a really really easy way to start eating vegan and have a much uh, a much um, less lesser impact on the world. Those are very good responses. I'm going to use some of those the next time I ask those questions. Oh, good. <laughs> so, Stu, what have we got to look forward to in the next episode? In the next episode, we're going to be talking about, I guess, people. We're going to be talking about like how to deal with confrontation, um, telling your friends and family about being vegan. We're also going to 
talk a little bit about the vegan community and, and, and how they can support you and how you can access them. And we're going to talk about uh, what happens if you slip up, if you accidentally eat something that wasn't vegan or you kind of, you crave, you cave to temptation. Um, yeah, so we've got all that coming up as well as an interview with the actor Danny Hatchard, who you might know from EastEnders and a few other things. Um, so that's it for this episode. You've been listening to the Veganuary podcast with me, Stuart Giddens. And me, Kim Waldron. Thanks very much. Bye.